Well, howdy, folks. Okay, we. <laughs> howdy, folks. Okay, very good. I thought I'd change it up on you. You know what I mean? Got to change it up. Keep it fresh. Okay, hey, if you're here with us, uh, turn to the book of Proverbs. If you're here and uh, find your Bible, or maybe there's a Bible in the pew back in front of you, uh, most of the text should be up on the screen, but it's always good to open up your own Bible and uh, see from the Word what's going on. Uh, we are going to begin a short, kind of a four-part series on money in the book of Proverbs. So kind of a specific sermon series. What, what does God say about how to be money-wise? Uh, the book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom, and it gives us wisdom for godly living in a whole host of, of areas of life. But for the next four weeks, we're just going to focus on what does Proverbs has, have to teach us about money, about how to spend money, about how to save money, about, uh, about how to give money, about priorities for money. We're going to learn things that are more important than money. We're going to learn uh, what money can buy and things that money cannot buy. It's going to be a short series, but it's going to be a good one. So uh, turn with me to to Proverbs, and we'll be uh, kind of going throughout the book of Proverbs. So uh, just start on page one, and we'll begin with that. So money-wise, part one, what is better than money? What is better than money? We're going to find out here shortly. Let's pray, and then we'll dive right in. Father, thank you for the privilege of allowing us to look at this portion of your word which is a a part of the wisdom literature. Father, in this particular book, you want to teach us about wise, godly living. You want to equip us with practical skills so that we might think rightly about money and that we might use the money that you've entrusted to us rightly. Father, everything that we have, every dollar in in our piggy bank or our bank account is yours. You give it to us. You own a cattle on a thousand hills, Everything that is in this world is yours, and we are merely stewards. And so help us to be good stewards of what you give to us. May we think rightly better. May we live rightly better with what you've entrusted us. May we be money wise as we look in your word at money in Proverbs. We ask that you would transform our hearts and our lives so that we might be able to think and to live rightly with something that is so important to all of us. It affects every single one of us here, and that's money. And so teach us, in particular this morning, the things that are better than money, the things that are ultimately of more value than even what we have in our bank accounts and in our wallets. We want to use it wisely for your name, for your glory, for our good, and for our joy. So help us. Be with us. Holy Spirit, open our eyes. Teach uh, through me correct words that they might be helpful to my brothers and sisters and to me. We ask it in the name of Jesus and all of God's people together said, amen, amen. So I want to begin with a recent study that I came across this week that uh, I found really fascinating. Actually, it's a couple studies, but we'll begin with the first one. And this recent study is, uh, is called Measuring Morality. It's called the Measuring Morality Project. And essentially what they did is they asked a whole host of questions to a large group of people about things that they would do and things that they wouldn't do under a whole variety of circumstances. But one particular part of this measuring morality project asked people what they would be willing to do for one million dollars. For one million dollars. And so just think about that for a second. What, what would you be willing to do for one million dollars? Well, well, here's some of the interesting stats Uh, what they found people would be willing to do for $1 million. Seven out of eight people said that for $1 million, 
they would kick a dog in the head. Seven out of eight. So beware. If your pet is out, out there on the road, you're giving it a walk, just beware because seven out of eight Americans, according to this study, if you gave them the $1 million, is gonna, they're going to kick Fido in the head. Okay? So seven out of eight, right? Ooh, that's interesting. Okay. Uh, how about this one? 21%. 21% said that they would wear a sign that was on their front and on their back for a whole month. And on this sign, it would say this. I am an idiot. So for one month, they would wear a sign saying, I am an idiot uh, for $1 million. How about you? Would you do that? $1 million? Uh, How about this one? 10%. 10% said that they would throw a tomato at a politician that they didn't like. So if they were there and there's a politician, they would take a tomato and chunk it at them. To be honest, I'm surprised it wasn't more than 10%, okay? 10%, I thought, that's kind of low, but hey. There we go. 10% would do that. Uh, How about this one? This one's a little more disturbing. 6%. 6% said that they would sign a paper reading this. I hereby sell my soul after my death to whomever has this piece of paper. So they would sell their soul for $1 million. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Jesus has a little bit of something to say about, about that. Uh, in a related study, so that's the first study that I found, what people would do for $1 million. But it gets a little better or maybe more disturbing because I came across a second similar study. And it was uh, in a book by James Patterson and Peter Kim. And the name of their book is The Day America Told the Truth. Now in their book, The Day America Told the Truth, they asked Americans similar questions. However, they upped the ante. So not what would you do for $1 million, but what would you do for $10 million? Okay, are you ready? For $10 million, it gets worse. 25%, so one quarter of them would abandon their entire family. One quarter. One quarter of them, according to the poll, would abandon their church. 16% would become prostitutes for a week or more. Wow. 16% would even give up their American citizenship. 16%. 10% would withhold testimony and let a murderer go free. 10% for $10 million. And lastly, 3%, this may be the worst, I don't know, you can't, you can't rank these, 3% would even put their own children up for adoption. Wow. When I look at these two studies combined, I say, wow. And more than that, I think these findings reveal that the average American thinks pretty highly of money. The average American thinks pretty substantially about wealth and building wealth. I think the average American thinks that money is up at the top of that which is most important in life. But as we begin our series called Money Wise, being wise with the resources that God has given us, we're going to find out that God's perspective is very different than the average American's perspective. Because what God says in the Proverbs, what we're going to begin with today is that not many things are more important than money. In fact, it says quite the opposite. 
we're going to take a look at about five sets of Proverbs. And what these Proverbs collectively are going to tell us is that there are many things that are better than money. There are a whole host of things that are more important in God's eyes and therefore should be in our eyes as well than pursuing and being wealthy. So if you're taking notes, five things. Five things in the Proverbs, five things that God says is better than being rich, better than money. One of the things that really jumps out at you when you begin to read the Proverbs, number one, is that it's a book about wisdom. We see that in Proverbs chapter one. It's, it's there to instruct us and to make us wise. And so it's no surprise that the first, and maybe the overarching thing, the first overarching truth, the first thing that the, the Proverbs say is better than money is what? Wisdom is wisdom. So number one, wisdom is better than money. In fact, in the early part of the Proverbs, say chapters one through eight, we find this theme that it's better to have wisdom than precious jewels, than, than riches, that wisdom is better than money, repeated numerous times, in particular the first third of the book. So uh, turn with me to Proverbs chapter three. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 and 15. It should be on the screen. Proverbs 3, 13 and 15. We see that God says that having biblical wisdom is, is better than money. It's better than money. Verse 13. How blessed is the man. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her profit is better than the profit of silver, and her gain is better than fine gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire compares with her. And so this is just the first of many Proverbs that talks about the significance, the value of practicing biblical wisdom over money. Jot down these references, because there are several more. Chapter 8 Verses 10, 11, 19, 20, and 22 of chapter 8 all talk about the importance of wisdom, as well as Proverbs 16, 16. There is a strong emphasis of wisdom, being wise over money. Now, I came across a story, and I'd like to share it with you. It's a, it's a fictitious story, so just know that up front. But here, the story goes this way. There was once a university, and the president and the dean and uh, all of the, the faculty and staff were having a, a large meeting. And, and in the middle of their staff meeting, an angel suddenly appeared. And of course, startling everyone. And the angel appeared and approached the dean of the university. And the angel says to the dean of, of the university, uh, Sir, you have been a wonderful dean. You have acted unselfishly. You have had exemplary uh, behavior. You have led uh, this school in integrity and in morality. And so God has decided to reward you. God is going to offer you the choice between three things. And the angel then told him the three things that he could choose. Number one, he says, you can choose infinite wealth. Infinite wealth. Number two, he says, you can choose infinite wisdom. Infinite wisdom. And number three, you can choose infinite beauty. And of course, the, the dean, without hesitation, selected infinite wisdom. He said, I want to be infinitely wise so that I can lead this university 
with integrity and wisdom. The angel snapped his fingers and said, it is done, and disappeared in a cloud of smoke, much to the uh, confusion of everyone there. So, after that, everyone turned their eyes towards the dean, who had just been given infinite wisdom. And of course, the dean uh, sat there in his chair with a bit of a faint halo over his head. And everybody was in awe uh, and silenced until one, uh, one professor uh, looked around and said to the dean, he said, well, you have to say something. You have to say something. The dean looked at him and the rest of his colleagues squarely in the eye and said, I should have taken the money. <laughs> you know, I think the world, the story illustrates that in the world's eyes, if you had infinite wisdom, then you would choose infinite wealth, right? It's an illustration that in the world's eyes, money has a higher value than wisdom. But this, this proverb, Proverbs chapter 3, how blessed is the man who finds not wealth, but wisdom, who gains not uh, money, but understanding. Her profit, that is having wealth, is infinitely more profitable, infinitely more precious. So, so why is that? Why is it that wisdom is better than money? Well, we have to begin with the question, what is wisdom? I mean, what, is, what does it mean to be biblically wise? A professor, Dr. Alan Ross, answers it, and he says this. He says, a person with this kind of wisdom has, catch this, has expertise in godly living, wise living. Wise living is synonymous with godly living, for the one who is godly or who is righteous is wise in God's eyes. So what does it mean when this proverb says that it's better to, be, to have wisdom? It means that wisdom is better than money because it's indicative of our spiritual state. It, ha- it has eternal consequences. God is saying, I, I would rather you act and live according to wise, godly living. I'd rather you be an expert at righteousness. I'd rather you be an expert at living the way that I want you to live on a very practical level than, than you be wealthy because it's an in it's an indication of our, of our spiritual state. And our spiritual state, of course, has eternal consequences. If you have your Bibles open, and I hope you do, turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. So put your finger on Proverbs and go to the Gospel of Luke in your New Testament. Luke chapter 12, Jesus gives us a parable that is a warning about the person who pursues greed and, and riches in this life, but who is not wise who chooses wealth above wisdom, above being rich towards God. Luke chapter 12, and the story begins in verse 15. It reads this way in my Bible. Let's just start in 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Notice that. Life is not all about being rich. Verse 16, and then he told them a parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, 
You have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? In verse 21, Jesus makes the point. This is how it will be with whomever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. Wisdom is better than wealth. It's indicative of something going on in our spiritual state. So does your life consist of your possessions? Is your priority being rich towards God or just being rich? Number one, wisdom, godly living, being an expert in righteousness, the Proverbs say, is better than money. Number two, jot this down. Not only is wisdom better than money, but number two, a good reputation. Having a good reputation, the Proverbs say, is also better than money. Proverbs chapter 22. So flip back to Proverbs. Proverbs 22 verse 1. It says this, A good name, that is a person's reputation. Proverbs 22 1. A good name is to be more desired than great riches. Favor, that is having favor in the eyes of others because you have a good reputation. Favor is better than than gold or silver. So a good name and having favor with mankind is compared with and elevated above having great riches and having silver and gold. So this proverb says, listen, having a good name, having a good reputation, that's more valuable ultimately than being rich. I really like what one of the professors at Dallas Seminary says, Dr. Dr. Merrill. He says this about this proverb. He says, in our modern, hedonistic, pleasure-seeking culture, character and reputation have a way of being ignored, if not actually denigrated. True value, true value must be seen, however, not in what one has, but in what he or she truly is. A good name is an asset Notice this, a good name is an asset whose currency is unaffected by the boom or the bust of the material world. That is, your finances may go up, they may go down. You may be uh, wealthy one day and poor the next. But he says, if you have a good reputation, boy, it's going to have a more lasting value. I think the irony here is that in the pursuit of money and in the pursuit of becoming wealthy, people oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes, we must be careful. In the pursuit of wealth, oftentimes, we lose our reputation because we do it poorly, because we're selfish, because we are cutthroat in the business world, because we are uncaring, because maybe we do things that are downright wrong or illegal. We may treat our employees unfairly just to save a buck. We may treat the customer unfairly. We may cut corners in our job just to get ahead. We may brown nose the boss seeking promotions that are undeserved. And in the process, we, we just need to be careful. Pursuing wealth can oftentimes lead to a denigration of our reputation. So which would you rather have? Would you rather have a good reputation for being a godly man, a godly woman, or be 
wealthy. Proverbs says, listen, pursue having a good reputation. So we have two things so far. Wisdom, it's better than money. A good reputation, it's better than money. Number three, jot this down. Number three, godly character. Having godly character, making godly decisions is better than money. Now, this is related to a good reputation because most of the time, when you have a good reputation, it's because you have a godly character. However, sometimes that's not necessarily the case. I ran across a story that uh, is told by Chuck Swindoll, and uh, it reads this way. He wrote it in one of his books, Growing Deep in the Christian Life, and he shares this story that I'd like to share with you. He, He wrote this. Several years ago in Long Beach, California, A fellow went into a fried chicken place and bought a couple of dinners for himself and his date one late afternoon. Now, the young woman who happened to be at the cash register inadvertently gave him the entire proceeds, the entire cash earnings from the day, a whole bag of money instead of the two chicken dinners. They discovered that a whole lot more than chicken was in their bag, over $800, as the man went to the park to eat with his date. But this man was, was a bit unusual. He quickly put the money into the bag. They got back into the car, and they drove all the way back to the restaurant. Mr. Clean, of course, got out of the car, walked in, and became an instant hero, at least to the manager, because he was frantic, uh, looking for the money. There was confusion. And when the man walked in and handed over the money, he was, he was just elated. And he said, listen, I can't believe that you would do this. I want you to know that... Um, this is just an, an amazing thing, right? Uh, you can come by any time and get uh, chicken. It's just a, a marvelous thing. And he said, wow, uh, this is what I'd like to do. Um, you need to be heard. This deed is so abnormal that we need to let people know. You need to be a hero today. And so I'm going to call the newspapers. I'm going to call uh, uh, the local TV and radio stations. And I want them to know about this story. I'm going to put your paper in the local newspaper. You're the most honest man that I've ever heard of. To which the guy quickly responded, oh, 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 no, 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 <laughs> don't do that. And he, he leaned closer uh, and whispered to the manager, well, you see that the woman that I'm with, well, she's not my wife. She's somebody else's wife. <laughs> see, here's the deal. Um, usually, usually a good reputation is gained from godly character. That's usually how it goes. But not always. And so not only should we pursue having a good reputation, but actually the substance of that reputation is living a life of what the Proverbs say is a life of integrity. That's the word they use. So look with me now at Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19, verse 1. There are other Proverbs that speak of the significance of integrity. I have just chosen this one. Proverbs 19, 1 says this, "Better, Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity, notice the the contrast, better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than he who is perverse in speech and is a fool. Biblically, a fool is not just somebody who's stupid. A fool is someone who is anti-God, who disobeys God, who doesn't take what God says into consideration. He says, listen, God, I'd rather you be poor and not have much money, and be a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, of integrity than to be wealthy and have perverse speech and be just utterly foolish. 
in the Old Testament, this word integrity speaks of the person who is morally complete. They are morally whole. They're not perfect. They're not sinless. It means that when you look at the, the character in their life, the, the gaps are, are small. The sin is minimal. They, they're morally whole. Nobody can look at them and say, man, you've got this glaring spot that needs to be addressed, right? They are morally complete. They have integrity. You could say it this way. God cares more about our spiritual health than our material wealth. He wants us to be righteous more than he wants us to be rich. He wants our integrity to be more important than our prosperity. So we have to ask ourselves this question. Which do we work harder at? Which do we work harder at? Growing spiritually or growing our bank account? Which activities that could aid and abed us in growing in our morality, growing in practical righteousness, are we skipping in, aver, in, in the name of pursuing prosperity? Which, which activities are we skipping? Regular Bible reading in the mornings or in the evenings? Maybe doing family devotionals in the mornings or at, at lunch or at dinner time? Men's, women's, Bible studies, Sunday school, life groups, regular church attendance, prayer time. Which, which things that we can, and these are just a few, which of the things that we can exercise and grow in our integrity are we pushing out of the way because we would rather pursue wealth? These are hard questions. Wisdom, a good reputation, and a godly character are more important than money. But there's more. Number four, one specific characteristic that the proverb points out that is also better than money is kindness. Kindness. So write that down. Number four, kindness is also better than money. Staying in chapter 19 and just going ahead a little bit, Proverbs 19.22. Proverbs 19.22 says this, what is desirable in a man is his kindness. What is desirable in you could, a person? What is desirable in a person is their kindness, and it is better to be a poor man than a liar. Notice, notice the contrast here. He says, listen, when you look at a person that you want to be in a relationship with, and I, I don't mean that just a friendship. You want, them to be, you want to be friends with them. What is desirable? What kind of character traits do you look for in a friend? What? The Proverbs say that if you see kindness, we'll talk about what that means in a second. If you see kindness in a person, then you are attracted to that kind of person. You want to be friends with that kind of person. And then he goes on to say, and listen, it's better to be poor than to be a liar. That is, people who are kind in their relationships are opposite from the people who are liars, right? Because if you lie, that's indicative that you're not kind, right? So what is kindness? In the Old Testament, kindness speaks to a person who is a loyal friend. They're a loyal friend. They display love regardless of the circumstance. There is an emphasis on they keep their promises to you. They don't lie to you. So a person who is a liar, you don't want to be friends with. But a person who is a loyal friend, who loves at all times, that, you're attracted to that kind of a person. And then what does Proverbs say? He says, I, w- I would rather you be poor and that kind of a person than rich and not be kind, right? Proverbs 18.23, kind of the contrast to this. Proverbs 18.23 says this, 
The irony is that oftentimes, not all of the times, but sometimes, wealthy people can be the least friendly. They can be the worst friends. Notice what Proverbs 18.23 says. It says, the poor man utters supplications. And I take that to mean the poor person says to the rich person, help me. And the, the rich person, what does he say? But the rich man answers what? Roughly. The rich man answers roughly. They are the Ebenezer Scrooge. They have caused a, their love for money has caused them to be cold, to be unkind, to be unsympathetic, to be rude towards people. It's not always like that, but oftentimes it is. And so what is more important than being rich? Having healthy friendships, healthy relationships, being a kind, faithful, loyal, truthful friend. God would rather us have healthy relationships and be kind than be rich and rude. Finally, number five, wisdom, reputation, God, godly character, kindness. And number five, and boy, this one is so true. We've seen it in life. A loving and peaceful home is better than money. A loving and peaceful home is to be preferred than being wealthy. Turn with me to two final Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs 15 verse 17. Proverbs 15 verse 17 says this. Better, better is a dish of vegetables where love is than a fattened ox and hatred with it. What is that proverb saying? The image is that you're going around your family table. You're having a meal together with your family, right, in your home. And this proverb says, listen, if you can only afford a dish of vegetables because you don't have a lot of money, you're, you're poorer and all you can afford is a dish of vegetables, it's preferable to have, to sit around a table with your family and eat that which is the poor man's food and have love shared around the table than to sit down with your family and eat the best of foods because you're wealthy and you can afford it to eat the fattened ox and yet what is the side dish to that meal? Hatred. What's the side dish to that meal? Hatred. This is so true. I know many friends growing up that I grew up with. I can tell you story after story of students that were in my youth ministries that if they were to read this verse, they would say, I will give up my PlayStation. I will give up my nice clothes. I will give up all of the things that they had, their nice cars in suburban Dallas. If they could sit around a meal with their family and the side dish not be hate but love, I guarantee that there are many of those students who if they had healthy relationships with their parents. They would give up so much. So parents, untold amounts of homes and families have been sacrificed on the altar of pursuing wealth. I've seen it, and I hope I don't see it in me, and I hope I don't see it in you. Sadly, it's oftentimes done under the guise of providing, just providing their parents would say. In reality, what they were doing is not just meeting the needs of their family, 
They were pursuing their careers. They were pursuing their hobbies. They were pursuing bigger and better and more. And in the meantime, they were allowing hatred to grow in their family circle. Men in particular, let's not be so consumed by providing for our family that we miss enjoying our family. Let's be careful that we're not tending to our work and we're not tending to our wives, okay? Proverbs says a loving and a peaceful home is better, it's better than money. So I want to return to where we began. I want to begin with the question that was asked of the participants in these two surveys that we began with. And the question is this, what, what would you do? What would you do for $1 million? What would you do for $10 million? Would you kick a dog? I don't have a dog, so I'm not real worried about it, okay? Would you kick a dog? Would you toss a tomato at your least favorite pastor? I mean, politician? I hope not. Would you abandon your family? What, what would you do? Another way to put this question is this. What is more important to you than wealth? What is more important to you? God says if we want to be money-wise, then we will value at least these five things. Wisdom, a good reputation, godly character, kindness, and developing a home that is loving and peaceful. And if we do that, if we begin to do these things, then we indeed will be money wise. Let's pray. Father, I pray for us. This issue of what we do with our money affects all of us. And Father, we confess that our that the pull of our heart so often is to amass more and more and more and to pursue wealth in an unhealthy way. Father, our culture tells us that money is more important than most things. And yet your scripture, which is altogether inspired and altogether trustworthy, that should shape our character and the values that we pursue, says that there are a whole host of things that are more important than money. So I pray for all of us that we would be wise people that we would have godly reputations, that we would have godly characters because we are taking the time to grow spiritually. I pray for our relationships that they would be marked with kindness and that our home, it wouldn't be a fattened ox with hatred, but it would be whatever it is that you choose to provide for us with love. We want to be wise with money. And so we pray that you would help us to start by realizing that there is so much more to life than money, that life consists of so much more than wealth. Father, I pray that we would, that we would heed uh, what Jesus taught, that we would heed the message of this scripture, that life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. We want to store up things for ourselves in heaven, not on earth. We want to be rich towards you. And so help us to pursue towards that end. In the name of Jesus and all of God's people said, amen. Next week, we'll talk about how to spend and how to, how to save money. From Proverbs, see you then.